It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the bottom line, hour number two, Wednesday afternoon, 547. 1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. And we're going to thanks to this caller waiting patiently. You're up on the bottom line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Loanne Ayers calling from your local United Way about National Census Day. Yes, it is, Loanne. I, I did mine yesterday. I got in before I got in before April Fool's Day. I'm I'm good. Excellent. Got mine done. But but are we seeing an impact in census? Uh, returns and people getting involved as a result of what we've been dealing with with the coronavirus pandemic? Well, we knew this census was going to be lots more challenging than in 2010, just because of the changes in society and and how we look at government and information privacy. But we no one predicted this coronavirus. And you'd think with people being at home, they'd be able to take five or 10 minutes to fill out the census. But we haven't seen enough of an uptick because most of our areas are under 30% response rate still. Now, Luann, is there any confusion about today? There's been some word out there that today is the, is the day you have to have it in, but yet there's there's been some other dates that have put out there as far as being able to get your census results back. Uh, is there a deadline by at some point in time today that people have to get those results in, or do they have a little bit of a grace period? You have time. You could take it any time this month and still be counted. In fact, it actually rolls over into May, but the earlier you take it, the more likely it is that you'll be counted and someone will not have to come knocking at your door in May. Yeah, and a lot of people don't want that to happen. We know that for a fact. It's, it's a lot of people now, you know, they see somebody coming, they're hiding, or you know, they'll just let their dogs bark, and they don't want anybody knocking on the door. So, yes, if you don't want anybody knocking on your door, make sure you do it online and get it taken care of. There's still a lot of myths and a lot of rumors out there regarding the census and, and what the implications are of it. So for those people that have some concerns about what information is gathered, please help dispel some of that misinformation. Like, for example, um, if you take the census and you are here temporarily or you may not be a citizen, this information isn't going to be used to find you. That's right. You know, that is the feelings of safety and security are number one when it comes to taking the census. What matters most is that every person is counted, no matter where you come from, how old you are, what your ethnicity or gender is, what your immigration status is, every person needs to be counted to help us plan for the next 10 years, to prepare for emergencies that may come up, to plan for hospital beds and emergency assistance and things like college student loans and roads and bridges. In fact, every person who answers equals $2,300 in federal money per year for Benton and Franklin counties. And the Census Bureau is prohibited by law from sharing information on any one person for 72 years. Census takers have to sign an oath and they can go to jail and get a fine if they leak any information. So it is secure as data can be secure. 
they will, the Census Bureau also will never ask you for your Social Security number, your mother's maiden name. They won't call you unless you call them first. Those are all signs of a scam. So we want people to feel comfortable that their information is important, it's safe, and also what isn't real, like what might be a scam. The best way to answer is to go to 2020census.gov. And you got to make sure there's that .gov on there because that is the official Census Bureau. There are nine questions for the head of the household. Only takes about five, less than ten minutes to finish. We're talking with Luann Ayers from the United Way about the 2020 Census. Today is Census Day here on the bottom line. Uh, Ms. Ayers, uh, the, the Census certainly has evolved over time. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. There used to be people that would come to your house with the clipboard and uh, check off uh, different boxes and, and fill in things. And I completed mine online um, yesterday, actually. And so we we are making it easier. Are we making it too easy, maybe, for people not to do it? Well, I, I hope not. You can take it from your phone. If you don't have Internet connections, again, you can phone, and they will call you, and you can just give – they'll ask you questions, and you can give them the information over the phone. It's available in 13 different languages with language guides to, like, guides online to, like, 50 more languages and dialects. So they're trying to make it as secure and fast and easy as possible for people to respond. You know, in the last census, more than a million kiddos under age five were missed. So we really want to make sure that parents, now that they're home with their kids, they take a few minutes to make sure that they answer, count everybody in the house. And that's why April 1st is kind of an important day, because the census asks you, who is in your home on April 1st? So even if you answer at the end of the month, you have to reflect back to, okay, today, who lives primarily in my home most of the time? That's what they're trying to count. And again, you alluded to the fact that this all goes towards um, allocation of of funding. Is that mostly from the federal level, or do you know if the state uh, looks at those numbers as well? Yes, the state uses census data to determine where to send to allocate their precious resources. Where do they send money for infrastructure planning, like roads and bridges and sewers and water systems? Even private philanthropy, foundations use census data if they get more requests for money than they have available. So many use census data to say, where are the people we need to serve most? And if you're undercounted, we get less than our fair share of private money state money, and federal money for a whole decade. Uh, we're talking with Loann Ayers from the United Way of Benton Franklin Counties, but here talking specifically about the census day and the month-plus uh, time where people uh, hopefully will fill out their census information here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. And before we let you go, Ms. Ayers, we do appreciate your time this afternoon in, in helping let the community know not only why this is so important, but help allay some of the fears that they may have. There are two different census forms that are out there. There's the long form, there's the short form. What we're focusing on here is the short form, correct? Right. And again, it's about nine questions per person. And so it's very fast. A few lucky people will get the longer version, but that's just a statistically valid sampling across the country. So most of us, we take the short version.
Luann Ayers with the United Way. Appreciate your time this afternoon talking to us regarding Census 2020, and please make sure you do take the census. It does mean a lot, not just for the state of Washington, but also for the community that you live in. Appreciate your time, Ms. Ayers. Thank you very much, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Everybody counts. We should be all counted. Absolutely right, 100%. Luann Ayers with the United Way. Joining us here on the bottom line, I'm going to take a quick time out, come back. Uh, want to remind you about a couple things that you could do as well to help out during the coronavirus pandemic. Real important one that we're going to touch on when we get back. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Back after this. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, 547-1610. If you want to get involved via email, 610KONA.com. Bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And we're on Twitter at bottom line at 610. Robin Ed hanging with you. Um want to remind you one of the one of the organizations in the area that is extremely hard impact hard uh, impacted hard right now by everything that's going on is the red cross and so if you can donate blood if you have the ability to donate blood reach out to the richland office we know there's a lot of people right now that are that are at home that are staying at home the red cross has taken all precautions that they need to take in order to make sure that they are operating within the guidelines laid out at the state and the federal level to make sure that if you donate blood, you will be observing observing safe distancing. Reach out to the Red Cross in Richland and set up an appointment to donate blood. They need the blood badly. So if you can donate, you have the ability to donate. If it's been a long time since you've donated, if you've never done it before, I donated for the first time in December. It was great. They give you a donut? No. Cheez-Its. Oh, Cheez-Its. I had Cheez-Its and some juice. It was good. Oh, very good. I well, enjoyed it very that, much. That, that's, that's so cute. That's like a, a six-year-old snack. I got to pick. Oh, you did? So I picked Cheez-Its. Very good. Oh, yeah, how can you go wrong? But I donated in December. I felt great about it. If you have the opportunity to do so, please do so. I plan on going back again here to help them out. If you can do that, it would be appreciated. Very, very, very appreciated to help the Red Cross at this point in time uh, as they need the blood severely. So contact them for an appointment, set it up, Red Cross over on Wellesian in Richland, where you can go and make a blood donation. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. So, Ed, we may as well update the numbers. Ben Franklin Health District updated the numbers at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Yes, they did. We have 141 confirmed cases in Benton and Franklin counties, 108 in Benton, 33 in Franklin. Negative tests are up to 845, 634 in Benton, 211 in Franklin. A seventh death was also announced. That was an 80-year-old man that was reported today. Uh, We had one yesterday that was a 70-year-old woman. So the death total is up to seven now by county, with all seven of them being in Benton. That's... I find that interesting. I mean, you know how I'm kind of a mass geek, a statistics geek, um way, way, way more of the positive tests are are coming out of Benton County, and thus it would stand to reason that most of the deaths would also be in Benton. But I don't know if 
they're just testing more people in Benton County versus Franklin County, or it is just a bigger issue in Benton County versus Franklin County. I'm just asking, you know, out into the ether, you know, I'm not sure there is an answer to it. I just find it interesting that all of the the deaths, tragic, absolutely, but they're all in Benton County and not in Franklin County. And, you know, I mean, there is almost twice the population. There's over twice the population, actually, in Benton than there is in Franklin. So that could have a little bit to do with it. It's a little more spread out in Franklin County. Um, But nonetheless, you know, we're seeing more tests happening. We're seeing, obviously, more numbers come in. And as more testing is available, you're going to see increased positives. But I guess here's a question that I've got. Um, And the only reason why I ask this, and I'm not saying this about the area at all, okay, in in any way, shape, or form about our area, this is something that we keep hearing around the country regarding testing. Now, what we are told is that if you're high risk, you're going to get a test. Right, right. The the your physician would direct you to the okay. test if you're right? high risk. Right. High risk means above a certain age. You have any underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. You're showing any symptom whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You would get a test. Okay. Call my dad yesterday on my okay. way home from work. Oh, how is dad? Dad said he had a cough. Oh. Dad said he went to see the doctor. Dad's seventy five. Dad's diabetic. Dad's high risk on more than one front. Dad said his doctor didn't test him. Oh, really? And I, I, was, I was stunned. I said, what do you mean they didn't test you? You you have a cough. Well, well, they said that it's a dry cough, and my cough had a little bit, little bit of phlegm with it, so that's why they didn't test me. You're 75 and you're diabetic. What part of it doesn't freaking matter what kind of cough you have at that point in time? Okay, fair enough. But, again, let's keep in mind what the symptoms are. The symptoms are a lot of the same things you would get with a cold or a flu on top of breathing difficulty. That's kind of the – that's not the exclusive piece, but it is kind of the thing that separates – possibly being COVID-19 versus the flu or a bad cold. And and that's correct. And that's normally what they're using for people that don't present in a high-risk group. Correct. When you're in a high-risk group, especially when you're high-risk and you have things that compound that high-risk, we've been under the impression and we've been told that they're testing on the side of precaution Mm -hmm. with those people. Well, maybe now, it's a little more hit and miss than well, that. Well, huh? and, and that's and that's what I, and and so I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm like, and and what did they tell you? Well, she gave me some cough medicine. Okay, she gave <laughs> me some sorry, cough I'm medicine. Laughing, but that's, no, 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 no. Trust me, because I'm sitting in my car and I'm talking to her and I'm like, she gave you cough medicine. Yeah. Well, how do you feel? Well, I still have the cough. I said okay, so we're gonna track this for a couple days. And if your cough doesn't get better with the cough medicine, you're going to go and you're going to get tested somewhere else. And and if there's a question, please feel free to give them my cell phone number. <laughs> feel free. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll have a conversation about why in this particular situation a 75-year-old person with diabetes should be tested. And I don't care if it's my father or anybody else's father or anybody else's mother. If they're 75 and they present any symptoms associated that have been deemed high risk, 
I don't care if they walk in and accidentally cough, they should be tested. So if we're talking about trying to get a handle on this, and we're particularly talking about how concerned we are with the high-risk population, it seems counterproductive to have someone walk in and present something in a high-risk group and not err on the side of caution. Here's me, different story. Yeah. Him, not a different story. I get it. Anybody in that situation, not a different story. I'm not. I, I, what I'm about to say does not get anybody off the hook uh, for any of that. But in all fairness, we have guidelines from the CDC, but we all know that Different states, different counties within the state. Different areas are doing different things. Exactly. And so there is no, even with the CDC guidelines, there is no uniform attack plan. And and don't give me this, well, if Trump would just shut the country down. No, I, I don't think so. You still would have to have, it, your father's a perfect example. You could shut the whole country down, but if you know, are we going to test your dad or does he not fall? You know, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Let's go. Well, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Jim from Kennewick. What's up, Jim? Well, I'm almost 84, 85 years old. I lost track finally. It's funny because uh, I've got a pretty good memory, but I tell people I carry a wallet so I can look at it and see who I am. What's anyway, on your mind? Anyway, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but but they seem to be able to they kill babies without bad an eye. And, and if you go on your seventy five, you're eighty some, and you've got a cough and you've got some symptoms, you're high risk. It almost feels to me like they they say, you know, you're not worth a damn. Just go home and die. And uh, you know, that's a bad attitude. But I that's the feeling they're giving me. Well, Jim, stay safe. Be healthy. And uh, I hope if a situation arises where you need to go and get a test, you get one. Appreciate and there's no the question or concern, and they don't say, ah, oh, you have a cough, you're 85. It's it's not a dry cough. We're not going to test you. I, you know, it, a lot of people... It drives me nuts, Well, see, the inconsistencies. That, that's it. That's it. And, and so I guess if if anything... Yeah, I, I first of all, I don't. Everybody throws around this whole "quote unquote" new normal. I don't think this is going to be the new normal. I I think that I hope that this country, after we're done with this, has a better idea and a better guideline for more consistency across the country, uh, even across the state. For crying out loud, for if and when something like this happens again. Uh, whether it's an, uh, another strain of the COVID virus or something else. I, I think it's we do need to get on the same page, no doubt about it. And look, it it, it is crazy. I, we all have our stories. Your dad, you know, you and I talked about, you know, our personal health issues and, you know, not getting tested. And everybody seems to know somebody who either did get tested or was denied a test for whatever reason, and it just, it it does seem to be pretty haphazard uh, in in some regard. And it's not a slam on the medical community. It's more a slam on everyone that we are not all on the same page. And again, maybe 
Maybe something like this will wake us up to things we need to do moving forward. 547-1610-509-547-1610. You can email us, too, by going to the website, 610kona.com, the bottom line page, and send us your question or comment. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610-KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610, the number to use to get involved in the program like this caller has done. Thanks for your patience. Welcome to the program. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Steve. I'm in Kennewick. What's up, Steve? A couple questions. I missed the first part of your uh interview with the gal about the census mm-hmm. is there anything in that census uh, my wife did it online that keeps them from double counting people where they maybe sold out the the deal online and then answered the questions too you have a 12 digit code that you have to enter when you do it online if you duplicate if you duplicate that code it will not allow you to fill out the census a second time the only other thing that would come into play is if you, by any chance, fudge any information. If you say more people live in your house that actually do, or you get some, or you report some information wrong, that would be the only thing. But that twelve-digit code is unique to each each residence. And so this this uh, representation that they want to know how many people are here, so for the dollars they get. Yes, sir. Is it divided up into who are citizens and who are not? No, it's not. It goes to states, counties, cities. It it gets broken down in that regard. It does not get broken down based on if you are a citizen or not. And the question of citizenship is not asked on the census. Okay, so but they use this this number for each area for uh, the dividing up of the districts and the uh, in the state legislature and the number of of, uh, of representatives to Congress and everything, correct? That is correct. So a district can be overloaded with illegals and and tilt that, that district it, it, away from what it would normally be without them. It very well could be. It all depends on, on where the data comes back, how it shows, and then when the census results come back and get released, that's when you see... Uh, counties and states look and see if they do have to redistrict under law. Sometimes they don't. Right. Okay. One other thing. Sure. Uh, the uh, abolition, abolition or whatever of uh, of fishing was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen come out of Jay Inslee. Uh, there's a lot of water out there, and people that go out in a boat with two or three people in it are – are uh, are safe and they're out in the breeze and most of the time the wind's blowing a little bit and you need about six feet or better apart from each other on the dock to be able to catch your line uh into the, into the water so it's like really uh how's that helping anything I, I hear you, Steve. There's a lot of things that, that they have done, particularly recreationally, to take away from people at a point in time like this. Golf courses are shut down. Recreational fishing is shut down. You know, it's it's, it's unfortunate that, that some things that you would think that are a little bit more isolation-oriented are falling underneath these orders. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? It's Bill over in Pasco. First off, how you gentlemen doing? We're doing all right, Bill. Doing how well. are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank Good. you. Hey, I'm calling up for one reason to start with, but you added a second. First one is 
I got to be honest, the stuff that Inslee's doing, I'm not saying it's overall not right. But the way he's handling it is totally off. There's probably 50% of the population that is exempt or not required to stay at home. Might be a little high, but it's just, I don't care. Coffee shops have no business being open. We don't need them. Landscapers, they can all shut down for a month. Ain't going to hurt them. But, no, we're going to have them people out doing everything else to bring the rest of the stuff to the rest of us. So the second thing is, you just talked about it when you discussed it with your father. You both said, well, part of the problem is in the medical area. They're not all following the same designed way to fix the problem, which is correct. But it's also saying the same thing about us. The things that you mentioned about your dad are not the things that I have personally heard from so-called experts as to what the situation is. Age alone does not do it. I'm well into my 60s. I'm not considered an at-risk individual because I don't have underlying conditions to go with the age. Some underlying conditions don't need age. age Absolutely. If you have some of and I'm not saying diabetes is or isn't. I don't know. I've not ever heard that. So I don't know if that would be a qualifying thing or not. We don't fully understand it. Appreciate, Appreciate the call, yep. Bill. Thanks for chiming in. Um, diabetes early on was one of the ailments that they said that it poses a great risk to diabetes, lung and heart disease patients. Those are the high-risk group outside of age that are at a greater risk to develop this. I'm going to throw another monkey wrench into the operation here. Um, And I've been thinking about this for a couple of days now. How long have we been going through this? The, the first the first positive case in the U.S. was found in the in, in Washington state yep. on the west side, January 21st, I want to say. OK, so we are uh, over two months, you know, almost two and a half months removed. Everybody keeps talking about a 14 day window, maybe even a three week window. OK, of of incubation period. How many tests were done at the end of January, beginning of February, came back negative in people who might be carrying it now? The false hope of a negative test early on before it really took off. And look, the University of Washington has has put together, I mean, it's, it's a prediction, so take it for what it's worth, but it's based on trends and, and you know, other, other elements of how viruses work as much as we can figure on this one. It says that the, the UW report says that in Washington, we will not reach our peak until April 19. That is, we will have the most cases April 19, and then we will either level off or drop off, okay? So we are still possibly 
in an, on an inclined plane on the number of positive cases. You got an, you got to test them because you were showing symptoms. You were in a high-risk category a month ago, came back negative. You could get infected. Yep. <clears throat> Doesn't mean you're immune to it. Just no. means you didn't get it yet. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Hi, this is Walt from Benton City. Hi, Walt. What's going on, Walt? Is this, is this the uh, K1A confessional? <laughs> <laughs> if you need it to be, sir, it is. That's right. We won't bless well, you, but, uh, yeah, go ahead, my son. We, we can't absolve you of your sins, So, but, hey, well, you want to go, go. <laughs> I am still working, and I am in a enclosed cab shoving earth, and uh, probably the nearest person is about at least a quarter of a mile away. So am I technically still in violation of the governor's stay-at-home order? I think you're okay. Well, I and a lot of other people are asking the same question because <laughs> we don't want to, you know, have the— uh, police come down on top of us but uh it just seems to me that there are certain trades and certain individuals who should be allowed to stay in business stay out there and keep going because the economy cannot be just shut down willy-nilly and i really believe that a lot of people should be out there working really Appreciate the call, Walt. And and Walt, that's that's the line that everybody is trying to find. You know, who and, and, should be working, how much work should be done in order to save the economy and save lives. And and in all fairness, that's what the governor is grappling with too. I mean, think about think about the what he has announced. Okay, it, no, pe- no, no, no. He's grappling with more than that. Uh, well, I understand that, but think about he he is sending out a moving target, right? And it's been that way since day one. He didn't know how to do it. It, it was his best guess. And look, I'm not defending the guy. He's still a buffoon, all right? He, I, he is. But I, I, I want to cut him a little bit of slack here because he, think about what he did. He, he did not come right out and shut things down. And a lot of people got on him for that because a lot of people believed if you completely shut things down like they did in parts of Italy and some other places for two weeks, we would all be free and clear and we can move on with our lives. I don't know if that's the correct approach. It seems a little bit far-fetched for me, uh, but okay, that's what some people believed. I believe that he really had a hard time moving towards the the, the shelter at home. I you know Because I watched his news conferences and and he he gave people opportunities to do safe spacing and all that stuff before he called for the shelter at home. Well, and in the beginning, it was what? Essential workers. And there was a list, and it wasn't very long, of essential workers, essential operations, essential businesses, right? Everybody else needed to be sheltered at home. Where it began to fall apart was when more and more people got in his ear. Well, what about these people? Well, what about these groups? What about this industry? We're being impacted negatively. Can't we go back to work? And pretty soon he's starting to let more and more people work. That's not going to work. You know, you stick with the plan. And whether it was the right call or not, stick with the essential workers 
and, and the essential businesses that he first came out with. Don't touch it for two weeks, maybe three weeks. Then reevaluate. It's it's a week today. How many changes has he made in the last week? A couple. All right. A few changes. So he doesn't know what he's doing. He's all over the map. He's got too many people dinging in his ear about what about this group and what about that group? And yeah, there's special interest groups involved. And yeah, there's heavy donors involved. And yeah, he's getting a lot of emails. Well, what about this? Well, what about this? And he keeps moving the target. And all it's going to do is prolong what we have to go through. See, it's easy when you don't have to make a difficult decision. When you actually have to lead and make a difficult decision. He made a difficult decision. He didn't stick with it, though. He made it difficult. The the blanket decision was simple. It's what went under that, what qualified, where it became difficult. Because he had to make sure he didn't upset any of his donors, any of his base, any of the special interests that he's going to rely on for re-election. That's where it got difficult. And instead of turning around and saying, no, it's in the best interest of everyone... For you to be in this, too, nope, nope, didn't do that. No, he kowtowed. And so it was fine when it was just saying, hey, we have to do this. But when it came down to making the tough decision and being a leader, well, we showed where those failures are. 547-1610-509-547-1610. You can also email us by going to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment. Final segment of the show today is next. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom line, he's ready at 610 KONA. Final few minutes on your Wednesday afternoon. Going to go right to the phones. You're up on the program. What's your name? Where are you calling from today? My name is Hector here from calling from Kennewick. And what's on your mind today, Hector? Well, you know, one of the things that I, I heard most of you callers, there are people that should stay at home, uh, people that maybe they're, uh, they have an income, you know, stream of income that's not interrupted by you not working or people that maybe they're essential. You know, like me, I'm essential. So I've been working for the past, this is my third week at home. I think I had gone to town maybe a couple of times to grab some things and come back. But there's a lot of people that don't have that luxury or that option to be able to, you know, work uninterrupted from, from your home office like I, I have. So that's a blessing that I have. But I think we have to adapt. We have to find new ways to be able to, uh, for all the people, the um, in quotes not essential to be able to go back and do the daily jobs to produce and you know to work and and bring you know the, if they are the only ones working to bring that paycheck to home, uh, I think maybe use masks like the we see other countries do, uh, maybe gloves and maybe still have, keep that distance from from one another, but maybe. Wear a mask and wear gloves, and we cannot have this thing ongoing forever. Um, and I think that's what people is losing, maybe feeling stress. 
I was looking at some of the news and I would see this line of cars a mile long waiting for food in some areas, you know, for, so I think it's creating a lot of stress in everybody. And so we need to find some ways to go back to maybe a little normal, if you will. Hector, thanks for your call and your comments. We appreciate you chiming in and some solid stuff there. Appreciate you sharing with us. I think we'd all like to get back to some semblance of normalcy. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Nope, they didn't want to hang with us. 547-1610 if you'd like to join. A couple more minutes left in today's show. What what are you what are you doing over there? I'm just processing. Are you processing? Yeah. While you know, you're processing, can't, can't wait. Gonna... Can't wait for the next. Can't wait for the next seven o'clock email to come out. <laughs> While you're processing, I'm going to take this call. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? This is Steve calling from Pasco. Hi, Steve. Hey, something I haven't heard dealt with. We've got a uh, springtime coming, and a large population of people going to be moving into this area real soon to uh, take care of our agriculture. And how are they going to deal with that? Well, as of right now, they're still working on that, Steve. Yeah. They're still working on that. We're still trying to get that question answered. And, you know, the other thing we're trying to get answered is the fact that people still are planning on moving and people are still looking at buying homes and residential construction has been ground to a halt while they continue to work on the Seattle Center. Because that's that's funny. Because the we got to make sure we got the Seattle Center done because, you know, I mean, we're in a pandemic, but... You know, we can do we can do building there. We can't build a house. Well, in, in all fairness, all of the what it comes down to is any construction project that relies on state funds is allowed to continue. Anything that is locally funded or personally funded, you know, through whatever. Um, those are put on hold. If you notice. Right. The hell with those deadlines. That's right. It's it's only we look, we've got to we've got to spend that state allocated money as fast as we can. Or you know what? We might lose it for next time. That's what it's about. It's just it's insane to me. I, I just I can't. It's it's the disparity that continues to make him a feckless leader. Well, the feckless leader uh, was asked earlier in the in his news conference, which, you know, really wasn't much of a news conference. I mean, he was calling on uh, industry to get involved with uh, donating and making masks and other uh, personal protective equipment, which is good. Uh, but when he was asked about extending the deadline, again, a week from today, the 8th is when we're supposed to be free Right. Federal government already said end of April. That's right. So when he was asked about it, even with that federal guidance, if you will, I don't know. uh, We'll we'll make an announcement here in the next day or two or something. Ed, he's got to make it sound like it was his idea. Like, you know, the National Defense Act, he had to make it sound like it's his idea. So he can't do it just yet. Because if he can't say, as I recommended to... And try and take credit for it, mm-hmm. he won't do it. Because that's more important, stroking my own ego. That's all for the bottom line news radio 610 KONA. Don't go anywhere though. It's got all your local news and weather, all kinds of fun stuff to uh, 
pass along to you. And uh, hopefully tomorrow yes. we'll be able to share an interview that you conducted with State Treasurer Dwayne Davidson. Yep, I did. And it was uh, it was interesting. It, it has a lot to do with those uh, stimulus checks that everybody's being promised.